right, News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Welcome to the program. Pete Callender here. Happy Wednesday, I think it is. Yeah, Wednesday. We will get to the gun bill out of the U.S. Senate and the Supreme Court ruling on the school vouchers. But first, I want to welcome to the program State Senator Chuck Edwards. Uh, he is from Western North Carolina. Uh, welcome, sir. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, for folks who may not know, uh, Senator Edwards defeated the incumbent Madison Cawthorn in the Republican primary uh, out there for the congressional race. And uh, so now you're kind of in this dual role, right, where you're you're a state lawmaker. You're still in session. You're still doing work in Raleigh, but uh, you're also running for Congress. And so you're looking at sort of national picture, national issue stuff. Um, if I recall correctly, I think I remember hearing you at a uh, at a at an event a couple of years ago where you talked about. It was a national issue, specifically Obamacare, that initially inspired you to run for public office. Is that right? Do I have that right? Well, there, um, and 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 you're right. I'm playing uh, or working several different roles right now. Our work here in the North Carolina Senate is uh, far from complete, uh, but there there were actually a number of issues that uh, helped lead me to uh, a life of uh, public service. Uh, Oh, Obamacare was just one of those. Okay. Well, so uh, and so, what specifically led you into the uh, onto this career path? Well, it became clear to me after purchasing my business twenty two years ago that what takes place in Raleigh and in Washington D.C. very much affects lives of Americans, lives of North Carolinians, uh, particularly lives of business people, and in many ways inhibits the ability of job creators to create jobs and serve their customers. And if uh, and the business that you purchased, was that the McDonald's, right? You you started off, right, working in McDonald's. Do I have that right, too? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I started behind the counter. Yeah, I started behind the counter at McDonald's at the age of uh, 16 and realized right off of the bat that I had a knack for business. And uh, I had a very successful corporate career with uh, Middle America uh, or or middle management in McDonald's. And in 1998, had the uh, opportunity to purchase my own franchise. So you bring the businessman's uh, perspective to uh, legislating, um, but also... uh You've also been doing a lot of work on school choice, so I was kind of curious what you thought about the Supreme Court ruling uh, that came down on the on the voucher issue out of Maine. Any thoughts? You know, I've not I've not seen that ruling, but uh, it's no surprise that I strongly support school choice. Parents should have more say in their children's education and what school they would attend. Uh, and and the leaders of that school is just one way that they they can have more choice. Yeah. Um, so as you're going around the district, um, what is your assessment of how voters are, uh, how they've reacted to your primary victory? In other words, are you getting support from you know the people who supported the guy you beat, Madison Cawthorn? Well, ab- absolutely. Uh, the the support I'm feeling is overwhelming. And uh, I'm really pleased that um, uh, Congressman Cawthorn 
was very public in saying that it's now time to get behind my candidacy and see a Republican elected to office to represent North Carolina's 11th district. Are you seeing or expecting a lot of outside money to come in? You're running against uh, a Buncombe County commissioner named Jasmine Beach Ferrara. She's um, uh, also the the founding executive director of the campaign for Southern Equality. Uh, So she's very popular in Buncombe County, not sure about the rest of the district. So is this a seat that... Uh, that your opponent and uh, and maybe her backers think that they can flip this time around? Uh, well, it's my hope and my intent to prevent uh, Miss Beach Ferrara from flipping the seat. And as far as the money, where it's coming from, I've not seen any financial reports mm-hmm. for 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 this uh, period. I believe the report period ends the end of this month i'll i'll be able to better answer that question then right but you know i guess no uh visible signs like tons of ads that all of a sudden popped up against you <laughs> so, so the sort of stuff that we would see if if, if people were uh putting a whole bunch of money behind her uh, i have not seen that yet but uh it we're very early in this campaign. yeah no that's true um did you have have you had a chance to hear anything about the gun bill that has uh, come out of the U.S. Senate, if you were in the House, um, I know you're uh, you're a member of the Asheville Rifle Pistol Club. You're an NRA member. Do you have any thoughts on the the bill that has been uh, passed out of the House for discussion, or out of the Senate rather for discussion? I've had a lot of feedback from folks that say that uh, they're not pleased with that bill, but I I have not read the bill. Yeah. As you mentioned early on, I've I've been uh, serving here in the North Carolina Senate. Our schedule's been quite intense in trying to get the work done here, uh, so that we can adjourn sometime in the next few weeks. So, what's on the uh, what's on deck? What are you working on um, in the final stretch here? Well, clearly, the, the number the number one job of uh, the legislature when we come back into session in the second year of the biennium is to make any adjustments in, in the budget. Uh, that That's where most of my focus has been. Uh, we also are charged with trying to uh, clean up or fix legislation that we had uh, passed or, uh, previously uh, that needs some tweaking. I've found a number of those bills. You know, for example, the North Carolina Small Business Grant Program had an opportunity or two where small businesses uh, were denied the ability to apply for those grants. Uh, We've been working on the Parents' Bill of Rights, which gives parents in North Carolina a greater say in uh, the education of their children and uh, would prevent teaching kindergartners through third grade about things like uh, sexual orientation, gender identification, and those sort of things. So we've, we've been quite busy. Is that going to get out of the House, right? Because you guys ran it through the Senate, if I recall, and it's it's kind of stuck over in the House right now. Do you have any insight over there? If I had any insight as to what the House would do, <laughs> I'd be out buying lottery tickets right now. Fair enough, fair enough. I understand. Uh, <laughs> State Senator Chuck Edwards, uh, you can, by the way, you can uh, check out his website, his bio, and all the information at Chuck Edwards for congress.com chuck edwards for congress.com thanks a lot thanks for your time and uh, good luck on the campaign trail sir all right thanks a lot all right take uh, care appreciate the opportunity absolutely it's chuck edwards and uh we appreciate his time 
News Talk 1110-993-WBT. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Those are the phone numbers. You can also email Pete at thepetecalendarshow.com. Uh, remember, get the podcast as well, wbt.com. So one of the guys that I rely on for gun news and information is a fellow by the name of Stephen Gutowski. And uh, he runs a website called The Reload. Uh, just as a heads up here, there's a there's a cartoon image of a gun on the banner of the website. So, Christy Clark, do not go look at that website. Do not need to have you start complaining about Stephen Gutowski's website, thereload.com. And uh, he does a really good job of... Uh, of giving you the facts, here are the laws, and he's he knows the laws, of, you know, on guns, and so he can say here is exactly how various laws uh, would uh, are affected by proposed bills. And uh, so the first place I went after hearing about this Senate action last night um, was to thereload.com. It's a great source. I highly recommend it. So the package, this is what the this is what the bill would do. He says. All right. And the Senate released the text of because uh, remember, a couple of weeks ago, they had their framework, the, the, the gang of 10 or whatever it was. Right. The five Republicans, five Democrats, and they had the framework. And then uh, now they've got uh, they got 14 uh, Republicans to sign on to advancing this bill once they put the meat on the bones. And two of those senators are our very own. Richard Burr and Tom Tillis. Tillis was one of the lead negotiators on all of this, along with John Cornyn from Texas. Neither one of them are up for re-election anytime soon. No idea if this will impact their re-election bids. Um, There's some evidence to suggest it would not. But who knows? I don't make predictions on elections. Um, So here's what the package does. It extends current prohibitions on gun sales to those who have disqualifying juvenile records and those convicted of misdemeanor violent crimes against dating partners. Okay, so two separate um, two separate tracks here. One is the juvenile side and then the other is misdemeanor violent crimes against dating partners. And they apparently were hung up on the definition of the dating partner uh, category, uh, which was made you know all the more difficult because half of the negotiators could not define what a woman was. Oh, I kid, I kid. The bill also includes a new background check process for people ages 18, 19, and 20. So that gap before you turn 21, those three years, there's a new background check process. I'll explain what the what it calls for there. There's also funding for, quote, red flag laws, as well as other state crisis intervention programs, which would be up to the states to determine. OK, there's also I saw I think there was like two billion dollars tossed in for the North Car- or the uh, the federal uh, Department of Education. You remember when remember when? The conservative position was to to abolish that behemoth, 
Yeah. Anyway, um, the reclassification of who must obtain federal gun dealing licenses and several other proposals. Okay, so this is the first expansion to the category of Americans who are prohibited from owning guns. Uh, This is the first expansion of that category uh, in decades. A longtime political priority of Democrats. You're welcome. Way to give Joe Biden the win. Way to give the Democrats something positive to run on in the upcoming red wave election. Good work. It also represents an expansion in funding for mental health and school security initiatives that Republicans have long favored as solutions to school shootings. The deal, he says, is likely to have political consequences for both parties as they approach the midterm elections in November. And so my question to you is such as. What are the political consequences for this? Once you know the details and maybe maybe you're one of those people you're like, I don't even need to know the details. They're all rhinos. I'm going to vote them all out. Um, or what? Stay home. Not going to vote. Screw them. Right. Oh, and, and if by staying home uh, also. Uh, you would then be penalizing all of the state lawmakers that are up on the ballot trying to take back supermajorities in the state legislature as well. You could hand the state legislature over to the Democrats as well. Yeah, I'm a, I am not a proponent of sitting elections out. I am a proponent, and I have defended myself uh, uh, over, you know, uh, smears uh, when I say I, I leave p- uh, specific races blank. I will do that. I leave races blank, but I always go vote. I will vote and then I will pick and choose. If I don't like either of the candidates, I won't vote in that specific race. But you got to go out and you got to vote for the judges. I mean, the judges race this year is going to be huge. State Supreme Court. Democrats have a majority. You, you see the rulings that they're handing down, the the end runs around the legislature that they're making. So super important election, despite what the U.S. Senate might be trying to <laughs> what might be trying to do here News Talk 1110993WBT Yes, I do have the list of all of the senators. I got a email here uh do from uh Pete well, it's from Pete. And then Pete starts the email. Pete. So I, that was unclear. Great name, by the way, Pete. Um, Pete, I thought Richard Burr was retiring. It seems he was a lame duck when he did those big stock trades on the classified info at the beginning of the COVID. Please let me know what you think. That is true. Richard Burr is retiring. He's He is a lame duck. Um, I think four of the members of the, the Gang of Ten or whatever they were, they... Uh, I think four of them were not running for re-election, if I remember correctly. Roy Blunt. So here were the so the vote yesterday out of the state, uh, the U.S. Senate. It was sixty-four to thirty-four, and it had fourteen Republicans sign on to this. It was an eighty-page bill that got dropped and then voted on within a couple hours. I think. Like all I know is, you know, I'm checking Twitter. I go, I have dinner, and 
Uh, then I start uh, running a little Xbox for about an hour, and then I pull up the Twitter, and oh my gosh, what happened? <laughs> it's like, that's how fast it happened. 64 to 34. Now, that doesn't mean it got approved. It just means they moved it forward for debate. So now they get to debate it. Fantastic. So I'm not willing to say that every one of these 14 Republicans that said, yes, let's move it forward for debate, I don't know if they're all going to vote for it. I am pretty sure that the ones who hammered out the deal will vote for it, and that would include Tom Tillis. But I'm not sure. I cannot say for sure. But here they are, the 14. Roy Blunt, Richard Burr, Shelley Moore Capito, Bill Cassidy, Susan Collins, of course, John Cornyn, Joni Ernst. That one was a disappointment. A lot of people on Twitter disappointed in that one. Lindsey Graham, but of course. Mitch McConnell, but of course. Lisa Murkowski, most definitely, of course. Um, Rob Portman, Mitt Romney, Tom Tillis, and Todd Young. The bill is now cleared to move towards a full Senate vote, which would likely take place this week. And it would require the support of at least 10 Republicans to avoid a filibuster. So, out of this list of 14, who do you think the 10 would be? I mean, barring any kind of major change, obviously, to the legislation, right? But I got to believe Tom Tillis is going to be on board. I got to believe Lisa Murkowski, John Cornyn, being the architect of it all. He wrote in all caps that... No one's rights are being infringed upon on this. Uh, Susan Collins, I got to believe, is on board. Mitt Romney's going to be on board. Lindsey Graham is going to be on board. Uh, Richard Burr is going to be on board. And that gives me one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I just need three more. You think Mitch McConnell gets on board? That's hard to say. Sometimes, Mitch, if he reads the political tea leaves, he may just flip-flop on that. Joni Ernst could bail. Roy Blunt, yeah, he's probably going to go for it. We'll put him down. That's eight. But I don't know. I'm just guessing. But it's pretty close here. They seem to have lined up enough votes. Because now all you need is two out of the remaining. Rob Portman? Yeah, probably. And McConnell, there's your 10 to advance it. What if it comes down to, like, just 10? I got to believe they want there to be 11. Safety in numbers. You know, this way they couldn't say that you cast the deciding vote to take away gun rights, right? That, that would be the argument, because that will be the argument. But here's the problem. Most of these folks are either not running again or they're not up for re-election anytime soon. Also, um, the, people, the, the, uh, the people that show up and vote in a general election, they're probably, you know, if they're going out to vote against Democrats— because of the economy and such, they're not going to hold anybody on that list accountable for this. So who who are the people that are going to be most likely to be mad and to hold these people accountable because they violated what they thought was a shared value? Well, it's going to be your, part of your base, right? These are the people that are going to be really, really mad because they thought, we were all simpatico on this. We thought we were all on the same board, and uh, now you've gone and betrayed them, right? 
Now, you can say that this isn't any kind of, you know, new restriction on gun ownership, but it is, right? It is. It's These are new rules, and new rules are meant to what? Prohibit some people from getting them. Now, you can argue that these, you know certain people shouldn't be able to get the guns, and, and that's fair. But you can't say they're not new restrictions. They are. Let me see here. I have, uh, where was it? No new restrictions is what John Cornyn tweeted. All caps, no new restrictions. That's a lie. It's quite obviously a lie. There are new restrictions, particularly on 18 to 21-year-olds. Absolutely. Um, there's a fella on Twitter named Varad Mehta. He's a historian. He's, he actually exists outside of Twitter as well, just to be clear. But he pointed out that the gun bill is probably not going to be as unpopular with rank-and-file GOP voters as critics believe or hope it will be. And that's true. That's true. Rank-and-file GOP voters probably not going to have a lot of objections to this. But also, a lot of the rank-and-file GOP voters are the most swingable demographics, particularly female GOP voters. Did you know that? Most swingable. Least loyal. Yeah. Most moderate. And uh, that's why, you know, you heard him referred to as uh, soccer moms or security moms. Um, and, and now there's like the mama bear, you know, the, uh, with the CRT stuff. That's this, that, that's this movable demographic. Oh, and just as a side note, too, there's a big study that was done about search results, swinging elections. And they've actually, they've actually been able to chart this as it happens where if you push positive stories about a candidate to the top of the search results and you move the negative stories down, that candidate wins. And when you do the reverse, then the candidate loses. And the most swingable group are Republican women. So, yeah, they probably are not going to mind so much about this. However, it's not going to be terribly popular with uh, or unpopular with uh, independents and moderates. And the Republicans are not going to get any credit from them, right? They're not going to get credit for doing this. So, what is it? As one guy on Twitter, the age of shoddy is his name. I don't make up their names. They make their own. But he points out that uh, this looks like a deliberate exercise of will, a choice to sell out a committed section of voters for venal reasons Mixed with contempt, that me- that memory lingers. And another thing, the more that the National Party goes out of its way to do things like this, the harder it is to convince the most strongly motivated and angriest parts of the party to moderate and stay on sides in other elections. This is how, I've been saying it for years, this is how you got Trump. He says, get ready for state senator minigun McFull Auto. Which, I might vote for that guy. Oh, I kid. I kid. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. 704-570-1110. 1-800-WBT-1110. I, I'm not sure if this is a coincidence or not. But I, I just read a tweet from Varad Mehta. And uh, he was the one who said the gun bill is probably not going to be as unpopular 
with rank-and-file GOP voters as critics believe or hope it will be. He has now been suspended by Twitter. Not for that, probably. We don't know, actually. It just says violating their rules against platform manipulation and spam. This guy, like, people are rising up now on Twitter because they're saying this is, like, the least offensive person on Twitter. By the way, you can read his uh, political essays and his writing about the arts at the Washington Examiner. But he's a historian, but he does writing for the Examiner. And uh, I've never read anything the guy has ever said that's anywhere close to bannable. But I don't know. Manipulation of the platform? Who knows? Spencer, welcome to the program. How are you, sir? Doing fine. How are you? I'm all right. What's up? Um, This vote in the Senate was just to vote uh, out of committee and uh, bring it to the floor for debate. Now, when it gets to the floor for debate, anybody can throw amendments at it left and right, and and, uh, it'll be a madhouse. Now, if it gets voted out of the Senate and... Then it goes to the House, where the House can throw anything and everything, and they can put stuff in it that you would not believe. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just going to be a big mess for the rest of the year, because people are going to be fighting over this and fighting over this. The Democrats are going to want to put in all kinds of gun control that's not in it right now. Well, there is a little gun control in it right now, but not like the Democrats are going to want to throw at it. And it can happen either on the floor of the Senate or back in the House. True, theoretically, but uh, if you the the politics of it is that do you want to take half the loaf now and come back and fight for the rest of the loaf later, or do you just want to demand the whole loaf now and get nothing? Right, that's the political calculation that Democrats are going to have to um, they're going to have to navigate because. The Republicans, if if they if the bill changes too much or at all, like I would venture to guess that the word has gone out um, on the Democrat side in the Senate. Do not change anything in this bill, because if you change anything in the bill, you give Republicans a reason to walk away. So if if you want this to pass, like I said, if you want the half a loaf, then you got to do this as it is. But when it gets to the House. All the rules are off. All the bets are off. The House will just pack the thing. And when it goes back to to the Senate for reconciliation, all they can do is vote yes or no. They can't change it. Right, but that but then you would need to have all of the Republicans on board in the Senate again. And would they all be on board if you material but would they be on board if you materially change the terms of the deal that they worked out. That's the thing. Like the Democrat, uh, that's what I said. The question here is whether or not Democrats want half a loaf or not. And you're assuming the Democrat, that the, the Democrats would be going after those 10 people when it got back to the uh, Senate, they would be going after them. Like you don't know what I, what do you mean going after them? Oh, you voted for it the last time. Why are you not voting for it now? Oh, cause they changed the deal and they would, they'd be able to walk away from it. We didn't change it that much. We just uh, it doesn't matter here and there. They did, but they but you did change it, and you can't make yes, me vote yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. They're lying. Well, well, but, but Spencer. So I, I understand 
I, I understand like the, the you're you're predicting doom and gloom because you're predicting that the thing is going to get worse. I don't know if that occurs or not, and I can see actually a very good argument why it would not. Uh, yes, Democrats act foolishly. Uh, lawmakers try to uh, overreach. Absolutely, that could happen. I, but I got to believe, I, because Schumer has given their gang of 10, their five members, has given them all this extra room to negotiate, gave them extra time. I think Democrats want something. I think they want something because they keep saying do something. It's not everything they want, but it's going to be something that they can then try to focus on in the midterms to say, look, we were able to get this. Imagine what we could do if we had more members. And look, yay, the economy is terrible, but look what we did to stop school shootings, right? They want something. They need something to run on. That's my that that that's my calculation on the Senate side. Well, well, my calculation says that they will fail at getting the bill passed, and then they will use it as campaign fodder for going after the Republicans. They didn't want to sure. do this. They want to kill our kids. Yeah, well, I mean, but that's no different than if nothing gets done either. Yep. But Republicans now have a counter argument. If, Demo- if, if what you chart out plays out, if that happens, then Republicans have a ready-made, very easy and believable, because it's true, counter argument, which would be, we negotiated terms of the deal. You guys broke those terms, so we walked away. And you would have accused us of the same thing had we not even negotiated a deal that we could live with. But you guys didn't want to compromise. So uh, yeah, either way, we, I mean, we're going to find out. Uh, appreciate yeah. the call. Yeah, I appreciate the call, Spencer. Thank you for making it. News is next. I'll go into some more of the details here. There's another component here about who can uh, sell firearms, who can get a license to sell firearms. And what's their motivation? We'll get into details after the news. 